0: You're listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most, with Outfluencer, Dr. Wayne Purnell. Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I'm your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the Outfluencer, and your powerful presence mentor. I have Connie Jacob with me today. She's a huge advocate for branching out and fighting against the status quo. I saw her speak and I was enthralled as her message of mental health expands beyond the bounds of what people usually think when they hear that term mental health. She's the director of community for flourishing life, which is a global global movement centered around wellness. And she's the senior manager of Wellness Innovate. She has three books out there now, and one of them is called Bring Them Closer. And I've also seen her do a little hip hop, which uh, was just, it just made me smile. It makes me smile just thinking about it from Calgary, Canada. Uh, Connie Jacob, thanks for joining me.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Wei.
0: Yes. Yes. So your your pathway into mental health and mental health treatment and it's beyond that it's it's it is really global wellness um talk a little bit about that and along the way you're going to share some ideas about how those of us in our everyday lives can feel a little better get a little more a little more zip and pep and uh excitement too so yeah talk about your what you're working on talk about how you how did you get into the mental health thing anyway
1: well, you know, it's very interesting. My my mental health work started in East Vancouver, which in Canada is one of our largest impoverished areas in our nation. Uh, the most heroin addicts. Uh, it's it's it is uh, legal injection. It's it's poverty. It's youth at risk. And back when I started, it was gangs and drug dealers that I was working with the most. And there I was, fresh out of college. You know little white girl from Calgary Alberta now moved to Vancouver and not fitting into this at all and so I was taking a hip-hop class at the time just out of interest out of a new hobby and started to teach these gang members how to dance how to break dance and I noticed that it really connected with them and from there I went on after a couple of years to actually start my own hip hop studio that focused around building resilience, building mental health through movement, posting rap battles, hip hop battles. And it was, it was connecting these kids. It was taking them off the street and that's where it ignited from there. I moved back to Calgary and started this work in schools and I was shocked to see a lot of those same mental health issues I saw in these youth at risk were the same issues I was seeing in affluent schools. Because I would go to any school. I went to affluent, middle class, the ghetto, and the same issues were all there. They just looked a little bit different, and they were hidden. And this is where I started my circle work. Um, I started teaching, and in hip-hop, it's a, it's a big thing in our culture. It's, it's called the cipher And it's basically a community way of living where you go into the middle, you showcase your moves. You've probably seen it on a movie. It's it's absolutely hip hop culture. But I started to notice sociologically what created an atmosphere where youth would go in to the middle of a circle or the times that they would remain hidden. They wouldn't go in, they wouldn't participate. And this is where I started to notice psychological safety. I started to notice what created bravery, what created the ability to go in. And where did I see youth start to loosen social anxiety or anxiety? And so I created a 20-year social experiment that led me to some really amazing research results for myself as well as a patent of the way I would coach people through mental health issues like anxiety or depression.
0: That's amazing. Did you call it the cypher? Is that what you said?
1: The cypher. Yes.
0: Which is, which is like a code, right? It's like right cypher as in C Y P H E R.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, The whole idea of bravery and uh, you know, it takes it does take some courage to be able to step into a circle, no matter what the circle is. Um, I in in some of my talks, I reference the bystander effect, which talks about people in groups are reluctant to be the first to step in to render aid when it's needed, and once one person steps in, others will follow, and so the idea of of there's this uh, social pressure that says, don't do it. You step in, you will be judged. You, you step in, people will judge you badly. You step in, what if you do it wrong? And that's all about judgment. And that's really, if you think about fear and bravery, it's about a threat to identity, right? We are, we are afraid of losing us. And so when you're doing this amazing work with youth at risk, you are teaching them that there's something worth losing and there's something worth fighting for. And it's beautiful. I love the work you do. And I, I love that you do it with hip hop. I love that you do it with hip hop. It's so good. So allowing safety is what you're, was what you're doing. You're creating bravery, courage, um, You know, we're afraid of losing things and it's usually our identity when we, when we're either triggered by something or when we are facing a courageous step. I love that. So, um, yeah, talk a little bit more, like, where are you going with it? What is happening with it? And, and some of the organizations you're working with now, it's, it's kind of incredible Connie. So like share some of that, please.
1: Absolutely. You know, I, I should share that uh, just before we go there, that even, even in my own personal journey, um, I have two boys, I have a 14 year old and a 10 year old. And my 14 year old actually went through real you know, mental health crisis. When he was eight years old, he was suicidal. He was diagnosed with anxiety and depression when he was six. And this is my child. This is me. I mean, my husband and I, we've been married for 22 years, we're educated, we're good people. And I realized that mental health is not a respecter of persons. And here, here my son was suicidal, brought him to the hospital and depression for him showed up as rage and anger. Um, it, was, it was destructive behavior. And I remember the psychologist asking me, what do you do when your son is throwing these fits of rage? And I told her, well, I send him to his room. I mean, I'm a Gen Xer, that's how I was raised. I even might have gotten a little slap upside the head on my way to my room. But she said this to me. She said, oh, no, you never send the hurting away from you. You bring them closer. And even in my own personal journey of allowing my son to be seen, I thought that his behavior was rebellious. Uh, You talked about identity and how, you know, we don't want to lose that. We also so desperately want people to see us for who we really are. And I noticed that as I brought my son home from the hospital and I saw him rage again, here he is medicated and he has a counselor, and I'm thinking that didn't work even though it was working, but I had a huge part to play in bringing him closer, meaning seeking to understand what is underneath his behavior and being seen and calling identity forth um, is powerful. When when I took my first hip-hop class, someone said, wow, you're so courageous, when I ventured into the middle of the circle, even though I didn't want to, and that was always in there. It was always inside of me, but it took somebody calling it out, and same thing with my son. It took him sitting there in his rage and mess for his mother to see past that and see, actually, you are someone full of so much potential. And I think that's what everyone wants. Everyone wants to be truly seen for who they are. And so now it's very interesting. My work has shifted from schools. Um, I now work uh, in more of a corporate setting. We are launching a global coaching certification program in the the, the psychology of flourishing, which excites me because for so many years, um, it's always just been the practitioner and a client. And I don't know what it's like for you, where you are with your mental health system, but here in Canada, it's very hard to get quality mental health help. And so what we're about to do is we're about to launch this certification for educators, business owners, parents, anyone who works with another human being. Um, With this certification, they know how to bring someone, say, from anxiety, anxiety languishing. I love how Adam Grant has brought this word to the public. Move them to actually thrive in their lives. Not just be resilient, because you can be miserable and be resilient, but where do we bring people through to finding their true matter, their meaning, their purpose? And it's a scientific proven method, how you can do that. And you can be just an average, ordinary person, like a chiropractor, dance teacher and so I'm so excited because this is going to change the game for mental health
0: that's huge Connie that's amazing and uh, wow the fact that pretty much anybody has access to it is is really it's gigantic um, because we're all in touch with people who are hurting whether we know it or not and being able to to identify it and being able to help Uh, it's, that's huge. Um, you said a couple of things that I want to highlight. I want to bring out and just like, these are the bullet points to remember, you know, these are the things you said something and, and it's one of the key points that I really think is so valuable in working with, uh, parents to children. In working from, you know, I do, I do leadership work as well in working from management to, uh, employee base and you didn't say it this way. And this is what you said, which is separate the person from the behavior, right? The person could be hurting and the behavior is a symptom of that hurt. And so recognize that, you know, what they're exhibiting is not who they are necessarily at their core and your ability to step in and go, well, who are you really? Right. And, and listen to their music, which is something I did with my kids in order, you know, teenagers are, uh, kind of aliens in so many ways, right. They're trying to figure it out. They, they, uh, try so hard to, uh, to, to stand out and be, and be themselves at the same time, trying to fit in so strongly. And that causes, (laughs) and there's this, I am independent, I need you. And it causes all kinds of, of strife. So recognize that there's, there's that ache. And so too in the corporate setting where people are like, well, why can't I be noticed, you know, the number one poll after poll year after year, the, uh, the number one thing that most employees want is not money it's to be given work that matters and the number two thing is to be acknowledged for that work numbers one and two on the list and i think that goes for any of us as humans it's like notice me like tell me what i do matters notice me and it's so huge it's so huge and then and then I'm just going to paraphrase some of the things you said because I, I find it so valuable. You talked about resilience. And while that's important, it's not as important as thriving. And I think, you know, we have seen resilience coming through a pandemic day after day after day after day. What have we been demonstrating? We're able to bounce back. Hey, the rules changed. Bounce back. Hey, the you know you can do this. You can't do that. You you know and and you can eat here. Oh, there's no this at the grocery store. Resilience is huge because we've learned to to bounce back. And more important than that, and I think this is huge, is the difference between surviving and thriving, and that you are teaching people how to thrive is huge, and that finding purpose is a massive foundational part of how to thrive. So uh, I just wanted to pause for a second in talking with you and just punch all those points. Cause dang, those are, those are big ones. So thank you for that. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> so, um, Can you talk a little bit about the process that you use this, you know, the, how do you draw people out? How do you help them find their purpose?
1: Well, you know, it's very interesting. Um, We use a six step process and I'll tell you the first step because I think it's the most important is that idea of building trust and safety, that is, that is 80% of a coach's job. Um, and actually, to be honest, any, anyone's job, an employer, an educator. I know my son has struggled in school because teachers would see his outward behavior and basically put the line in the sand based on what they were seeing, and that would shut him down. As well as many students that I've worked with in the past, their anxiety, it just brings them to the back of their brain. They are now, they're not willing to learn at all. And it's the same thing with employees when they come to work and they, they, they're doing what they know best. Maybe they weren't given the proper training. Maybe their behavior is showing something and they just need someone to see them. Building trust and safety is 80% of our work as anyone leading anyone else is our knowledge, which makes me feel great because you know what that means, Dr. Wayne? It means that we all can be experts in a small area and help people as long as we truly care and see them and work in excellence and competence, of course. Love it. Uh, That is our first step. And I believe that that is a step that many people right now, they want to know how to do that, but there's a, a lack of the how.
0: That's amazing. Do you have, do you have steps for how to build trust? Is that a, or can you just talk about it a little bit? You know, how do you, how do you step in and, and you're working with somebody who doesn't know you, um, in, in tribal language, it's in tribe, out tribe and interloper. And you come in as this interloper and they're going to decide whether you're going to be part of them or not part of them. So how do you step into, to that space and go, I'm trustworthy as interloper, I could be part of your tribe. Let me in. How do you do that?
1: I think the number one way is is to be a listener. I think the the best coaches, the best bosses, the best leaders are listeners. They lean in to listen. I, I truly believe that we have the capability to connect with everyone we meet. Now we may not see eye to eye with that person, but we're always either moving towards connection with someone or away from connection. There really isn't a middle. And so if I'm trying to seek to understand someone by asking curious questions, even if I don't agree with them, it doesn't mean we're going to be best buddies, but I I can lean in and listen. And when someone feels heard and seen and validated, it doesn't seem to matter where the lines in the sand are with where we are in our diverse community. They will lean in. And I think sometimes we are coming with our own framework. We have our own story that's been told. Our experiences have shaped the way we perceive the world. And when we can just let go of our framework, come out of our echo chamber to see someone who we may not understand, I believe that that can create unbelievable results in absolutely any area and facet of life.
0: This is awesome. Uh, I want to underscore this. People who know me know that uh, I usually have with me a little uh, a, a little guy that's about this big, and it's Curious George. And so I, I take him with me. He, uh, he travels with me, and he comes with me as a reminder. And even in the corporate setting, I, I will bring him to a boardroom And somebody will go, Hey, what's with the monkey? And I'll go, it's not just a monkey. And someone else at the board in, you know, in the, in the meeting will go, well, it's, it's George. And it's like, it's not just George. Someone else will go. It's curious, George. It's like, aha, that's where we start. Right. Curious George. uh, He reminds me to stay curious and he makes me laugh. So that's why I carry him with me. You talk about curiosity. And this is the reason I, I paused you for a second is because that's the point. So many people like we believe we listen, we believe we collaborate. And the problem is that uh we're not listening, we're judging. And and to recognize the internal dialogue that's happening where you go, <laughs> That person's just a such and such. Like they have this, they're, they're bad, wrong, stupid, and you can become dismissive. And I think that is actually a, a, uh, trigger inside. That is a threshold by which you can recognize if you've jumped into judgment, it is time to flip the switch into curiosity. It's like, what am I missing about this person that I'm judging them this way? And I think that is a huge place to go because you do build trust when you start to listen differently and you step out of judgment. Um, one of the reasons I do bring curious George with me is that, uh, he, he does remind me to stay curious and he allows me to give the lesson of, if you live in curiosity, you can't be in judgment. And I think that, um, not only is that good for us, but it's also good for the people we're teaching, right? That that uh, that those who are in a space of wondering what their identity is, they're judging all the time. It's like, well, what happens if you stay curious, right? And so teaching that. So great. This is good. I just, I want to really just... Uh, drive home that point curiosity is such a big part of building trust really really great
1: you're listening to one sharp sword cutting through to what matters most with dr wayne pernell sometimes relationships need a boost go to www.relationshiprecharge.com for a free seven tip guide to put some extra life back in your life that's relationshiprecharge.com for your free seven tip guide Relationshiprecharge.com. and now back to one sharp sword cutting through to what matters most with dr wayne purnell
0: what else do you do what else happens for you in the process and What might our listeners or viewers take with them? What are some of the lessons? Like I've, I've paused you at various times going, oh my gosh, this is the stuff I teach too. This is awesome. Um, and, and it's one of the reasons I wanted you on one sharp sword is because your message is so congruent with the things I believe in and the things, the concepts that I want to bring Talk a little bit more about how you bring what you bring. Talk a little bit more about, you know, what are some key lessons and what are some key action steps that any one of our listeners or viewers could do, could use.
1: Absolutely. I, I really do think back to my own personal experience with my son and bringing him home from the hospital and remembering the psychologist's words bring him closer. And actually trying to hug him. I remember that was my first go-to. Maybe that means bring, like, hold him. But never try to hold someone who's dysregulated or in the back of their brain. It just doesn't work. But I remember sitting there with him. All I could think of was remove the sharp objects and just sit with him. Sit with him on the floor as he's thrashing around. And I would just say things to him like, son, I see you. I see beauty in you. I see courage in you. You believe in our home. We Nothing will break our connection with you. And then these words came out of my mouth. I'm not trying to change your behavior. And then I almost choked on my words because all I wanted to do was change his behavior. I wanted the anger to stop. I wanted his mental health to be good. I wanted to feel like I was doing a good job as a mom and fill in the blank in whatever situation someone is in. I I don't want to change my employee's behavior. I don't want to change my student's behavior. I don't want to change my client's behavior. And yet we so desperately want to for various motivating reasons, for them, for us, but letting go of control of someone else and the way they act is the first step in really seeing and connecting with someone The second thing I did was I had to look here first, right inside of myself. As my son would rage, the storm in me was boiling. I did not realize how much of a storm I had inside of me until it was being mirrored back to me by my son. And so the bravest thing I did that year was allow myself to get curious about my own inner world. I didn't realize how judgmental I was. I didn't realize how impatient and, and how dysregulated I was. And as I began to look into the crevices of my own soul, which didn't impress me very much, and it was, it was vulnerable and it felt gritty, I, I began to see areas that I could get curious about and not judge and I think that's the key right there. When we, when we decide to look inside of ourselves and realize I, I control me and as I control me and as I change and as I grow, I'm able to see people better because I'm allowing to, myself to see me. And as I did that, it took me a year, Dr. Wayne. I showed up like that in my son's life for a year. And it surprised me that as I changed, he changed. He's now 14. You would never guess he was suicidal. I mean, he's a teenager, like you said, mental health illness on its own, being a teenager. But it was amazing how it really did start inside of myself. And as we see ourselves, as we reflect in ourselves, as we don't judge ourselves, we can pass that naturally on to others without even really having to try.
0: That's awesome. One of the things that I learned that uh, in grad school that carried with me is that um, a child's behavior is the barometer of what's going on at home, and I love that. I love that concept. It's like, well, they're acting out; they're bad, wrong. There, and it's easy to put up that wall and judge, instead of saying, "Well, if they, if if we take that as a truth." that their behavior is a barometer of what's happening than what's going on. And for you to do a year long, curious, reflective study, staying steady with him and really building that safety and building that ability to, um, freely express. I think that's, that's really magical, Connie. That's, it really is. Um, that's awesome. So what are you working on now? What kind of things, like, where are you going with all of this? What? How do you bring your magic now into the world? And, and how do people learn from you?
1: Well, anyone can go to certifiedflourishingcoach.com. And, you know, like I said, we are launching, this is my new project, is launching this practical way for anyone to learn the tools and skills I mean, I had to go in the grit and the dirt by myself for that year. I had to figure things out all on my own. Whereas now we have something that can really help parents. We have something that can give people the right strategies and tools for them to to properly be the bottom hands for their employees, for their students, for their community. And we're launching this all over the world. We're, We're starting in October We're starting with a a big summit. I'm so excited. And and we're basically out there to change the game for mental health, leadership, purpose. We're we're putting our stake in the ground, uh, allowing people to know that they can learn how to thrive themselves, and then they can help others do the same.
0: That's great. I want to make sure that uh, that your website's in the show notes. So it is what? Certified flourishing coach.com certified flourishing coach.com. Okay. Very good. Um, awesome. This is amazing. This is amazing. What else? uh, Like, is there anything that you wished I had asked you that I didn't ask you? Is there anything that you were hoping to share that, that we haven't touched on yet?
1: No, you are a, an amazing podcast host, Dr. Wayne. I think the only thing I would add is that if there's any parent out there, I know there's so many youth that are struggling. And if any parent needs help, again, the certification is a wonderful way. But I also have my book, Bring Them Closer, which can really help any parent. It's, it's about my entire journey that year and specific steps of how you can help your child.
0: That's amazing. Ah all right well thank you this is this is fantastic i'm so grateful that you've joined me on this um uh, again i mean i i named my podcast one sharp sword cutting through to what matters most i named it that on purpose and this is a way to really cut through to what matters and there's nothing that matters more than human connection and seeing another human and so truly connie jacob thank you for joining me this is it really is great you're
1: so welcome
0: awesome all right well it's a it's a wrap on this one you've been listening and watching one sharp sword cutting through to what matters most i am your host dr wayne Purnell the Outfluencer, and your powerful presence mentor. I've had Connie Jacob join me in this one, and keep listening, keep watching. We'll see you here next time. Thanks for listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with Outfluencer, Dr. Wayne Purnell. For more information, please go to onesharpsword.com.